Rachel Maddow did the full history that got us to Tucker Carlson being fired. As with everything Rachel Maddow does, it was educational and incredibly thorough. So it was Labor Day weekend, 1936. Uh, it was hot, it was around 90 degrees, and 100,000 people turned out to see him. Uh, he himself said from the stage, from the podium at the front of the crowd, that the crowd was about 80,000, but the police actually said it was bigger. The police said it was 100,000 people. And again, this was in 1936. So if you want to adjust that for inflation, like it was a dollar amount, if you want to adjust that to account for how big the whole population of the country was at the time compared to now, 100,000 people then compared to the overall size of the country, that would translate today to a crowd of like 250, 260,000 people, which is a really big crowd, um, particularly since the person they were all there to see was just some guy with a radio show. Um, have you ever heard of a politician named William Lemke? It's okay if you haven't. Uh, William Lemke was a congressman. He was a candidate for president, a third party candidate in the 1936 presidential election. Um, and that, that huge, huge, huge rally on Labor Day weekend in Chicago in 1936, that was ostensibly a rally in support of William Lemke's presidential campaign. Um, but Lemke's campaign did nothing. Lemke himself held his own rally just a day before that 100,000 person rally, and he got less than 10,000 people to show up. When it came to election day in November of 1936, Lemke got less than 2% of the vote. William Lemke is somebody who was, has not only been forgotten by history, he was forgotten while he was still happening. I mean, it was just nothing. Didn't move the needle at all. The only reason 100,000 people turned out for a Lemke-related rally on a hot September day for, you know, something, something related to Lemke's campaign, the only reason that gigantic number of people turned out was because the radio guy was there. They were all there to see the radio guy because the radio guy, he was the big deal. He was huge. He could turn out 100,000 Americans at a rally easy. Again, a proportion of the U.S. population that would translate to about a quarter million people today at an in-person event. He was one of the uh, best-known people in the country. Uh, he was on hundreds of radio stations at a time when radio stations were all we had. Uh, in terms of his weekly listenership, the best estimates are that he, around 1936, around this time, he had tens of millions of Americans listening to him. Again, this was a time when the country had a population of less than 130 million people, but he had 30 million people listening to him every week? I mean, that's among the conservative estimates of his reach. Something like a quarter of the entire population of the United States was listening to him on the radio every week. Until they weren't. His name was Father Charles Coughlin, and while he was being the biggest, most dominant media figure this country has ever known, he was also serving as a Catholic priest. And while he just became a bigger and bigger and bigger deal on the radio, and he got more and more political and more and more radically right wing in his political broadcasts, um, you know, sometimes his views allied with the views and the interests of the Catholic Church, sometimes they didn't. But thanks to his massive reach on the radio, his huge success on that medium, more dominant than anyone ever before or since, because he was such a big deal in the media, you know, both Coughlin and the church were well aware that with the possible exception of the Pope himself, and that's arguable, Charles Coughlin was the most influential Catholic on earth. So even though he was really, really controversial and getting more so all the time, the church gave him a wide berth. Until they didn't. I mean, when he started explicitly telling his followers, I choose the road of fascism, that was awkward for his bosses at the church. When he organized his followers into an armed militia in the United States, and one unit of that militia got put on trial for making and stockpiling bombs and attempting a violent overthrow of the U.S. government. Yeah, that, too, was awkward for the church and for Father Coughlin's bosses. When Coughlin called the president of the United States, quote, anti-God and a communist and said he was a secret Jew, that was 
Very awkward for Gogol's bosses when he blamed Jews for all the ills of the world, when he reported after Kristallnacht in Nazi Germany that, oh yeah, maybe the Nazis were going after the Jews in Germany, but we really should understand that the Jews brought it on themselves. But all of those things happened. He said all of those things. It was all very awkward for Coughlin's bosses. And yes, individual radio stations here and there, and then some radio networks started pulling his show off the air. In response to that, his supporters picketed and protested and claimed he was being persecuted. But ultimately, what finally changed, what finally well and truly pulled him off the air entirely, was that his bishop died. He was a Catholic priest, and he had this bishop who came up with excuses for everything he said and covered for him and protected him. His bishop died. Coughlin had a new bishop who came in, and the new bishop thought Coughlin was way too much of a headache for the Catholic Church, and so they pulled the plug on him, took him off the radio, gone, poof. And no one in American media would ever be that dominant again. I mean, it would be a full 50 years before anybody even pretended to that throne. But the, the next closest sort of long shadow of that guy's influence was this guy who in the late 1980s started an AM radio career that changed AM radio. It turned what had been a mix of sports broadcasts and religious services and kind of community service, community access, sometimes even foreign language broadcasting. It turned all of that into a part of the American media that was just dominated by hardline right-wing talk radio. Um, he went to dozens and then hundreds of stations nationwide very quickly. He got himself literally a golden microphone. Like, you know, there's a certain kind of world leader who likes to show off that he's got a gun made out of gold. This guy had a gold microphone that he made sure was in all of his photos. He's very proud of it. It was hugely successful. He, did, he, he changed the whole purpose of that part of American media. He spawned a, a, a thousand, if not thousands, of radio imitators that your angry great uncle probably still listens to today, provided that he still has a terrestrial radio. You know, at his height, he really seemed like his potential was limitless, like his influence would just keep growing and growing and growing. Until it didn't. There was also a bit of a, a sad William Lemke for president campaign about him as well. He was a, he was a notable failure to cross over. I mean, yeah, he did, he, was, he did wonders for AM radio. He transformed AM radio, but they tried putting him on television in the 1990s. They tried to put his radio show into like a living room set that looked like a reject set from the 700 Club. That didn't work at all. It was huge humiliation. They also, amazingly, at ESPN, they tried putting him on TV as a sports commentator at one point. He lasted, I think, not one month before that failed, and that fell part two. And after him, there was this guy, uh, who also built a, a fast-growing audience on right-wing AM talk radio. And then he was brought onto television, and he did well. He was brought onto the Fox News Channel. And he got huge ratings at the Fox News Channel with his sort of signature elaborate conspiracy theories that he would draw out on a chalkboard and kind of a pseudo-religious messianic thing that I think people often forget about him now. At one point, you may remember, he held a pseudo-religious revival rally, like a rally for himself on the National Mall. He said at one point that rally was to unveil his 100-year plan to save the country. It's all very weird. Um, but at the Fox News Channel, he was their fastest growing star, which they must have been very happy with at Fox News. Until they weren't. Uh, he was fired. And now he has like a, a website at the time slot he used to be on, uh, which again, you know, he set, set ratings records at this weird time slot he was on. After he left, they filled that time slot with like an ensemble show that turns out also does great in the ratings without him. And they don't have anybody whose name you'd know off the top of your head at all. Then it was this guy. This guy actually was the biggest host that Fox ever had and their marquee primetime spot. He was the most dominant voice in right-wing television ever. Until he wasn't. He too, fired uh, in 2017 in his case. And now he does like YouTube videos, I think from his home. Now there's this guy, their latest, biggest thing. And he's out today as well, he's been fired. And if you can see these guys as a series, if you can see them as a, as a sequence rather than just as standalone individuals, which is, I, I think, a helpful way to see them. I, I, I at least think it's helpful to look at them that way because I think it makes it easier to cut through the noise, to cut through the personality, to cut through the individual personal circumstances around each of their rises and falls. 
I think it's easier if you look at them as a series, as a sequence, it's easier to get to what matters about them, not for you know, themselves, their individual companies, their families, their friends. I think it's easier when you look at them as a group to get to what matters about them for the country. Because what you get, if you squint at this, this series of guys who are dominant for their time, well, what you realize over time is that as time has gone forward, if you look at this over a you know, 90 year spread of time, you see that over time, whoever the dominant figure is in right wing radio or right wing media, the right wing media industry, whatever it is, whoever is dominant for their time gets smaller and smaller and smaller over time. I mean, and I mean, don't get me wrong, there is a constancy here, right? You get unnervingly similar messaging from these guys over the decades and over the generations, right? They all say some version of, trust no one except, of course, me, because I'll give it to you straight and nobody else will. They also tend to say, I know what God wants, and obviously what God wants is what I want, and I therefore can tell you who's evil and must be eliminated. I mean, there's a constancy in terms of the way they perform. They all sing a version of that same song. You are right to see commonalities among them in style and in terms of the kind of appeal they have, the kind of thing they're selling the way they try to get Americans to hate each other and resent each other, and, and particularly the way they try to get Americans to hate minority groups. But I, I also think it's, it can be overstated, right? Even though there's always one of them who is dominant, the magnitude of their dominance decreases over time. And you can see that when you look at who's been the dominant figure in decade after decade, generation after generation, as big as any of these modern guys are, there's never, ever going to be anyone as dominant as Father Charles Coughlin was in the 1930s. And as big as the broadcasters were, uh, you know, in the 80s and 90s, they'll never compete with Coughlin. And the broadcasters who were huge in the 80s and 90s, they were more dominant in their time than any of the flavor of the month broadcasters are dominant now. So we have a dominant figure. Almost always, there's somebody who's dominating. But the magnitude of their dominance, their overall importance to the media, right-wing media ecosystem, it just shrinks as right-wing media over time diversifies. It becomes a lot of different things and something that exists on a lot of different platforms. So there'll never be somebody as big as the biggest guys of the past. Shortcast Club.